eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We're here back again another week. I'm uh, going to try and put the COVID stuff to bed this week and talk about some actual football. Um, so minimal minimal COVID chat tonight, please, lads. As always, the lads that I'm with are Rob Grimwood, Andy Moore and Kieran Patterson. How is everyone? Kieran, I'll start with you. How are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. We're, we're, some interesting news coming out about college football, so we might get to see some. Yeah, maybe, maybe. What's well, fingers crossed, eh? Andy, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Just saying before wedding anniversary, so uh, you guys have obviously taken preference and all that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've already treated the missus to a KFC down by the beach, so it's, it's all good, mate. It's all good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we did check whether that was uh, whether whose pun that was, and it sounded like it was a bit of a mutual decision, which is the best thing. And of course, last but not least, Rob, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, good boys. Thank you very much, Andy. You're a brave, brave man. I would, uh, <laughs> I would uh, not be that allowed the same preferable treatment because I am, well, as they say, under the thumb (laughs) (laughs) this is what you get when you've uh, when you've been slaving and your missus has been uh, on a six week school holiday so it's fantastic not that she's at school she's a teacher but uh, yeah (laughs) excellent yeah so today like I say a bit of football chat rather than the usual COVID nonsense that we're we're trying to get away from as we said Um, so today we're going to talk about some small schools that kind of punch above the weight we're going to give some love to the little guys a little bit um, talking about some non-Power 5 schools that really turn out the talent churn out the talent that's a bit of a tongue twister isn't it good one after all the editing that we did last week on last week's podcast <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so we're going to give a shout out to the little guys and, and give them the love that they deserve unfortunately obviously it doesn't seem like we're going to get much in the way of Group of 5 football until the spring if at all and obviously no FCS football or anything really below D1 well, not until the spring anyway as we said but anyway a little bit more of that in a second. But first, bits of, bits of news that have kind of come out before we've dropped in to record. And obviously our timestamp is kind of, um, we're recording on a Monday evening. I know this podcast doesn't go out for a little bit uh, after that. But first of all, AP Top 25 dropped just a couple of hours ago. Just to kind of run through that really, really quickly, just for everyone who may, 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 or, may, may or may not have seen it. God, started earlier this week. Clemson at number one, Ohio State two, Alabama at three, Georgia four, and Oklahoma right now at the top five. Kieran's obviously going to be upset about this, but uh, LSU at number six, Penn State at seven, Florida at eight, Oregon nine, Notre Dame 10, Auburn 11, Wisconsin 12, Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma State take us to 15, Michigan obviously in the top 25 for absolutely no reason whatsoever, uh, 17, USC 18, UNC, Minnesota 19, Cincinnati 20, and then to round out the top 25, UCF, Utah, Utah, uh, sorry, Iowa State, Iowa and Tennessee. Boys, I'll take take my give, give me give me a break from someone. Kieran, what's your what's your opinion of top twenty five? I am appalled <laughs> that they have taken the reigning national champs, the highest scoring offense college football has ever seen. Big Dick Joe, sixty touchdowns, and they've put us in sixth place. I mean, look, I understand. Last year in sixth place, we had unknown quantities on that team, went on to be national champions. But the disrespect that we couldn't even crack the top three as the reigning national champs? I, I want to have a word with somebody who did this poll. I just want to talk. But it, it's, it's disrespectful that Georgia, a team we slacked, are above us. Oklahoma, a team we beat on, 
are above us. I get Clemson and Alabama, they're big schools and everyone loves Dabo and Saban, but OU and Georgia? I, I just feel disrespected. I feel like the list, whoever made the list needs, needs to get a new job. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be said, isn't there, about this AP poll preseason? It seems to be the same sort of names, no matter what, in the same sort of order. Andy, what's your what's your take on this one? I think it's just bizarre. Though. I mean, I know why they've done it, but they've kept like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 in, and it just doesn't really make any sense mm. if they're not playing full football. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Kieran's like a bit annoyed about LSU. I mean, I, I kind of had a quick play and took the Big Ten and Pac-12 teams out, and I still think LSU only make it up to number four to be honest I've uh, slotted the Gators in just above them but I'm sure Kieran will violently disagree on that <laughs> in a second but, but yeah I think I mean like the, the top two I don't um, like uh, Kieran said I think I kind of agree Clemson Alabama and that sort of thing but yeah the only the one team that I thought were missing um, from the 25 and, and I've put in in, actually in the top 10 of mine without uh, those t- the two conferences is, is Memphis so uh, obviously with uh, Brady White and mm. Kenneth Gainwell and co cracking offence in Memphis I thought that was a bit of a, um, a kick in the face for them not get, even getting into the 25 there but yeah yeah definitely I mean maybe a factor of Memphis missing out is the fact that you've stolen the head coach at Florida State so um, you know having to I mean I guess go back to LSU as well it's obviously not a lot of people returning there that were part of that big uh, championship win and offense things like that Rob what do you reckon to this what's what's your take I, I get the feeling from our group chat that you're not a big fan of this I'm, I'm not. A fan, I'm not a fan of how it. The, the top twenty-five, like there's just the way it is. Like obviously, I know it's a thing, and I, and I know that's, that's how college football is, is is based off. But during the season, I don't like the way it's put together. I don't like the fact that it's just a select group of people who are making this list through mm-hmm. their opinions. I think there should be a uh, sort of a nailed-on point system throughout the season. X amount of points for beating. X group of teams, X amount of points for beating this group of teams sort of thing um, to get that fair. But that's not how college football works because there's too many people with money um, who who can't afford their teams to lose, uh, to lose out on on the top places. So that is unfortunately how college works. And I don't think it will change, but yeah, it's just, it's just a bit annoying really. Um, And, and, and I do apologize, Kieran, but um, yeah, LSU at six is, is more than fair. I think considering they've decimated, their uh, their players are all in the NFL now, so you know we don't know what LSU team is gonna is gonna show up. Um, so yeah, I, again with, with Andy, um, I love Florida. I, I had, do have Florida's a nudge above as well. So um, so yeah, that, it, the, the top ten sort of make make sense to me. Obviously, as a Notre Dame fan, a top ten team, I think it's fair. Um, you know, I don't think we're quite the team that we were a couple of years ago, but we're rebuilding again. So I think yeah, I think it's it's, it's about fair to be honest. Top ten. Kieran, should I give you a right to reply there? <laughs> oh. I, just, I, I just feel disrespected. That's all it is. I understand that we've lost a lot of the core, but we've still got a bunch of good guys, and I think six is personally too low, especially in the amount of damage we did last year. Hmm. I just feel... Uh, look, I would be... I feel disrespected that we're not number one, given that we're reigning national champs, but anywhere yeah. in the top three, I would have been a lot happier with. Even if, I, I understand if you put us behind Clemson and Alabama, I do. But putting us underneath Georgia and OU just doesn't seem right because they're teams we consistently beat year in, year out, no matter who's in charge or who's playing. Like you said, I mean, like we said before we started to record, you know, you, you were sixth ranked preseason last year and look what happened. So 
you know, it doesn't really mean a great deal, does it? I mean, for me, even in a year when the Big Ten isn't playing, as we've said, um, Michigan's still there. I just don't get it. Uh, you know, 16th on the list. Sad to see. I just think there's too many cooks, as Rob said, kind of thing, kind of making this up. And you just get the same teams kind of ranked preseason. And Texas and Michigan always there, no matter what. And it's a bit sad. No Florida State, though. I mean, that's the first time. <laughs> I, I think we might have even scraped. It was either last year or the year before we scraped in for no good reason whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that's pretty nasty, man. Not not good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's preseason, isn't it? You know, you got to show it on the field, and then you'll you always be making. Up. I mean, you often see all sorts of teams make it in by the end of the season, don't you? That they were nowhere near the top twenty-five when the the preseason poll came out. So we'll see how it changes. Obviously, it'll have to change quite a lot because there'll be a lot of teams <laughs> on there that aren't going to play. So um, yeah, it's going to change a fair lot, I reckon. Anyway, next up in terms of news, uh, something that dropped just prior to us recording was some news about North Dakota State, and that's obviously going to impact a few players that we kind of spoke about on last week's podcast. Andy, why don't you tell us about this? Because obviously you broke it to us as a group earlier on. Sure, yeah. So uh, North Dakota State are playing um, uh, Central Arkansas in like a a one off uh, non conference game on Saturday, October the 3rd. Um, I mean, it seems completely out of the blue and a bit random, uh, but. To the uh, to, to most people that follow college football, it will kind of I guess be seen as a showcase for for Trey Lance. But mm. as you said, Lee, earlier when we were discussing, it, it's not really much of a chance to showcase against uh, Central Arkansas or anything that we haven't seen already. So the way they've pitched it as a like formally is just as a, a, a one non-conference game to to cap off their kind of practice schedule. Um, and just keep the the team fresh and stuff like that. So I don't know whether you want to buy that or not, or whether the, the kind of pressure to keep the um, keep the NFL worthy uh, players on the roster happy before possibly playing some spring ball is uh, is the other kind of way of reading it. I mean, um, I, I also think it's quite interesting actually, just because the way it's been pitched is obviously um, that these kind of teams can still play non-conference games this fall ahead of uh, any potential conference schedule. So um, as much as it's kind of like not, doesn't really seem like a massive factor as it is. Um, I wonder if we'll see a few more teams do this, a few more like individual games pop up and stuff like that, keep the players warm or keep any players that particularly like uh, have got a bit of draft stock but need a bit of a boost, just give them one or two games to show their worth. Um could be an interesting one but yeah I don't know if uh, Kieran you've got any thoughts on, on that at all mate uh, I think it'd be nice for a couple of teams to, to, to maybe get involved mm. um, maybe have a few games This the, the thing with North Dakota State it does just kind of feel like the Trey Lance showcase it doesn't feel like they're doing it for any other reason besides him because of how high his stock is and everything but uh, hey even if some teams just get together with local teams like Ohio State maybe contact the Ohio Bobcats and say hey you want to play a couple of scrimmage games we can we can film it maybe put it on TV see what happens I think that might be beneficial for some players just to get some extra tape because you, you get guys who make it into the late rounds of the draft who are just one or two missing one or two games tape we, we, we see this a lot with you saw it in Last Chance you as well there's guys who are, didn't get to play many games so they're only they only needed one or two more games tapes to get into a bigger school. So it might be beneficial for some players who haven't had the playing time to just get a couple of scrimmage games out and then maybe improve their draft stock or, or let them go to the next level. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point, actually, that whether it can be a bit of a catalyst for other games to happen. Because as a standalone game, as you said, Andy, it doesn't really make much sense to me in terms of the level of competition that we're going to see these guys play out. Obviously, we've got Trey Lance, Dylan Redunds as well, who we talked about last week. 
I mean, Central Arkansas, man, I mean, we all watched Last Dance over the summer, I'm sure, and I think that's best known for Scotty Pippen rather than actual football. So, yeah, I just don't see what this solves and what questions it answers for people. But obviously, like you say, your draft scouts and, and people around the NFL are going to treat this as a bit of a Christmas in terms of Trey Lance and getting that tape on uh, on show for, for Trey Lance. And, you know, like I say, maybe hopefully some other games will pop up. And, you know, even if the conferences don't play, um, which, you know, I think for the Pac-12 especially, is, is pretty much set in stone by the sounds of things for, for the fall. You know, maybe they can get some one-off games in, in a local area, as Kieran says, to, to, to cut down their travel. Rob, what, what's your thoughts on this? We've not heard of you, from you on this. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a bizarre one. Uh, again, like, if you're, if you're playing one-off games, then what, you know, why not play more games? Uh, you know, I guess, yeah. a, I guess a one-off is a one-off, but if they're going to start popping up everywhere and all of a sudden all these teams are going to do these one-off games, then mm. just have a season, <laughs> you know, just, just play a game. Um, mm. I don't know. Um, again, I mean, I've just been reading before we came on air actually about the NFL uh, and their COVID mess so i know he said we wouldn't mention the covid situation but (laughs) just the fact that uh you know they've had only uh six positive cases they've now released that they've only had six possible uh six positive cases out of 56 out of 58,000 and none of them were players you know that that if that's if that's true i mean obviously we had a different story yesterday with the whole you know tests were wrong and all this Mm. sort of stuff if that latest figure is now true then that surely can be replicated down into college football somehow um but again this one-off game bit weird uh don't really understand it like 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 you've said but um uh yeah if they're going to start cropping up all uh, everywhere then just have a just have a season (laughs) yeah that is true i mean it's either it's either safe or it's not really isn't it yeah exactly exactly We'll see. I mean, watch that space, I guess. I guess it could be an interesting and quite useful draft tool to get get these showcases on. But yeah, it's kind of a bit convoluted in the message, isn't it, that it sends. Anyway, that's the kind of news that we've got. Like, you know, minimal COVID start chat. I'll let you off with that last bit a little bit there, but no, it was needed. Apologies, apologies. <laughs> Let's move on to our main topic then, our main segment of the programme. Uh, we're going to talk about, like I said, these little schools that punch above their weight. Basically, we left the criteria pretty open here, really. We basically just said no power, no power five teams. Uh, talk about a school that kind of produces talent, punches above their weight, and you know, maybe mention some, some guys who are coming up and some guys who have recently entered the NFL as well. Who wants to kick us off then? Andy, yeah, you go for it. Yeah, sweet. So uh, I, I, I plumped for a, a team that's already been national champions and just like a small school. I mean, how impressive is that in the, in this in Central Florida, uh, yeah, University UCF? <laughs> um, what a team! Uh, American Athletics Conference kind of uh, they've dominated that for the last few years, and, and also in 2017, obviously claimed to win their uh, national championship where they went unbeaten. But fair play to them. I mean, if you can try, you can try. It certainly. Pulled a bit of national attention their way, didn't it? To, a, to like what we're definitely discussing as a small school today. But mm. yeah, I mean, if you look through, the, I mean, they've had some, uh, they've had four first round picks in the uh, last 15, 10, 15 years or so. I mean, that's quite impressive for, for a school of that nature, really. I mean, to be honest, the, the first round picks haven't exactly worked out fantastically well in, in Dante Culpepper, uh, Blake Bortles, Brashard Perryman and, uh, and, and Mike Hughes, who could be argued to be a success story there. So, yeah, but um, but yeah, quite quite an impressive stock there, if, if not uh, impressive NFL performers. But further down the list, there are a couple of uh, really good players they've produced and you've got Latavius Murray, 
Murray, uh, Asante Samuel, Brandon Marshall, uh, and then obviously uh, Shaquem and Shaquille Griffin uh, lately as well. So both uh, both Griffin brothers playing up in Seattle, and uh, yes, yeah, so, some good some good uh, players, and uh, and like. And they always seem to to be there and thereabouts in terms of good quarterbacks as well. I mean, you've got Dylan Gabriel this year. You've had Mackenzie Milton, who before that injury was looking uh, very good, to be honest. So, yeah, there's obviously something in the water in Orlando. Um, I think that's part of it as well. It's, it's quite like uh, it must be quite a draw in terms of uh, places to go and play college football if you've not had your like big Power Five offers. Uh, Orlando's obviously quite a nice city, uh, and you've got the kind of exposure of all the like, tourism and, and, and that sort of thing, and just the uh, just the kind of connectivity with with the Gators and uh, and FSU and Miami below you kind of thing in case you're trying to showcase yourself for for a, for a move up or anything like that, but. Yeah, I think, you know, 42 players drafted um, since 1987. Um, they've got some good good talent coming through. Might make a splash this year in Otis Anderson and Marlon Williams as well. So, yeah, I like them. I'm, I'm a big, uh, I kind of like follow them in the, on the side. You, so like a, a big second team sort of thing like that. Um, and to be honest, my, my one personal experience of watching them uh, was like sat in an airport waiting to come home from a from a Christmas holiday over there and they were playing in the so-called national championship game which they gave themselves and they, they like, obviously came from behind and uh, Orlando airport like security guard team seemed to <laughs> seem to be not doing any work that day because it, <laughs> it was going pretty mental on the <laughs> along the kind of bits where they check your passport and stuff every time there was a, a successful play but yeah um no, I like them. I think they're. I think they're a nice team. Produce some good talent, and uh, and probably a, an apt way to kick off before we come into some of the more obscure teams that I know a couple of you guys are going to talk about. I mean, it mixes in with us talking about the AP poll, doesn't it? And the constant disrespect that they get in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I would, I, that's it. Should there be any higher in in it? I don't know. I mean, I think LSU. Uh, tore them apart a little bit a couple of seasons ago and uh, and that probably put them back in their box for a while but uh, and then when Milton went down last year you probably mm. kind of like yeah I mean I think they deserve to drop a bit off then Gabriel looks good but uh, a bit a bit like uh, off piece with some of his throws and stuff so yeah I mean uh, they'll, they'll probably end up in top 12 maybe this year if uh, once it's all kind of shaken around uh, just the, the the strength of schedule and stuff will give them an opportunity to, to to win a lot of games again yeah i mean i think it's a really underrated conference i think our ap poll that we wrote read out earlier that i tried to read out at least i think that kind of shows that i mean there's not a lot of american conference teams in there and it's a very very strong conference probably the sixth um best conference in my opinion anyway anyone else for any more on on the ucf I think that I, they had uh, Brandon Wimbush uh, last year, didn't they? they? He transferred from from Notre Dame. I wondered if that would be a bit more of a camp battle last year. Um, didn't really pan out his way, though, which, you know, unfortunately for him, I, th- I think that would have been a good step for him to go there and play. Um, obviously, couldn't get in. Um, but yeah, UCF, a team that gets, like, like Lee said, so disrespected in the in the top. How many games did they lose over three years? It was just a couple, wasn't it? Or something like that. Something crazy. Um, yeah. So yeah, so uh, so yeah, good pick there. 
Sure, and I think that yeah, like you said, the, the quarterback battle last year was quite interesting, and uh, I've already mentioned Dylan Gabriel, but uh, beast of an arm, and I think that that kind of deep threat in Gabriel Davis is obviously mm, yeah. to the Bills because they recognise that um, with Josh Allen's arm, it kind of that, that is a real stretch the field offense now there, and, and Davis will uh, be quite a steal, I think, in, in the fourth. I think he can mm-hmm. be a bit of a splash player. He's obviously going to have to fight for his place behind Diggs and uh, John Brown. So, but yeah. Um, yeah, interesting team, I think, and, and a lot of different talent. I mean, to be honest, I had no idea Brandon Marshall uh, played there until the other day. And then what a kind of like pro bowls everywhere for, for him and, uh, and, and a very good player. So, mm. yeah, just uh, obviously a bit of a wide receiver specialist. Rob, just as a bit of a, a, bit of a tangent, what, where do you rank him in your fantasy rankings? Have you got him up high, giving him that offence? Or... Oh, God. Uh, no, <laughs> Put you on the spot there. Hang on, I will vet this. Uh, who was it? <laughs> Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis, yeah. Uh, uh, come back to me in 30 seconds, I'll get it up. Okay, Kieran, while we're just doing that then, why don't you kick us off with your team? A bit of a different one here, but we're going to go over to the Conference USA and we've got Louisiana Tech, who have... 23 drafted players and one first-round draft in the last 20 years, which doesn't sound like much, but currently they have active 11, uh, 11 active players in the NFL right now. You might recognize some of the names, uh, such as Trent Taylor. He's a wide receiver at 49ers. Uh, Vernon Butler, who is a defensive tackle for the Bills. Uh, Xavier Woods, who's a safety for the Cowboys. Any Cowboys fans recognize him? And the running back, Scott Boston. Uh, Boston Scott, sorry, who is uh, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, uh, and there's a few other players in there, like Jeff Driscoll. People might recognize him. He's you know, he's not a great quarterback, but he's got in and he's got the job done certainly uh, at times. And people like uh, Kentrell Bryce, Jalen Ferguson, Justin Ellis, mm. it's more defensive talent than anything. But uh, they, they've got some solid players and they've they've certainly over the last few years put out some great guys. And one I'm really interested to see is Trent Taylor, because obviously we know the 49ers have had a ton of injuries especially at wide receiver this camp. So we might mm. see Trent Taylor actually get a few more catches this year. He's currently got 69, nice, uh, <laughs> and six touchdowns with uh, just over 600 yards. But it would be nice to, to see what he can do in that offense if given the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, he's a player that's, like you say, going to be rising up the depth chart, especially with um, Jalen Hurd, uh, Debo Samuel, and also Brandon Ayuk, obviously injured, as you say. Um, yeah, no, one player that I'm, I'm really interested to see his development is Jalen Ferguson. He's a prototypical edge rusher that, that is in the right place in Baltimore, you know, to, to be able to play in a really, really uh, edge rusher friendly system and obviously an aggressive system as well with Wink Martindale as the defensive coordinator. Um, so, yeah, no, good shout. And obviously keeping it local to LSU as well, keeping it in the, uh, in the, in the state there. You forgot to give uh, Terry Bradshaw a plug. I mean, what a player. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, and Fred Dean, uh, two, five years later, drafted apart, but uh, lots of Super Bowls between them two. Mm. Rob, we'll come back to you for, for the uh, fantasy ranking of uh, Gabriel Davis. Yes, I have got him ranked. Uh, <laughs> he is in point five scoring. He is my wide receiver 125. There you so go. you want to go grab yeah. yourself. What have I got him slated down? 32.5 fantasy points through the season. Go <laughs> grab him off your way. <laughs> it could be one of these things that, you know, if he has a good season, Andy made a good point about that being a deep ball offense. You know, he could yeah. be one for best ball and things like that. So it yep. could be be one to watch for sure. Rob, do you want to hit us up with uh, with your little guy? 
Um, that sounded really bad. That's, yeah. Which little guy is that? I might just I might do that intro again. Actually, <laughs> edit that bit out. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on video. I'm not quite sure what you mean, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to turn it into OnlyFans, did we? Yeah, I'll leave these two to, to talk about the big hitters. I'm going to go for uh, for my little small school that I, I love watching. I've followed for the last couple of years, um, and it's, it's funny how I, I fell in love with Appalachian State. Uh, it's because I. I like a good college bet on a Saturday night. Um, you know, I like to do the crazy spreads and, and, and just, to, it just, it makes it more interesting for me to, to have a load of uh, bets going on on a Saturday night. And, and I stumbled across this, this small school called Appalachian State. You just couldn't stop winning. Um, and, you know, their, their records speak for themselves. They've, they've been top of the Sun Belt now for four or five years, have been the strongest team in that division. Uh, and they're just, they're, they were just an easy team to put in the accumulator every year, every week because they would just spank teams uh, week in, week out. Uh, then obviously they'd come across the, 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 the better teams and they'd struggle a little bit. But the last couple of years particularly, um, they have really sort of upped it a little bit, um, upped the ante, if you will. Um, Scott Satterfield took over in, I, thought, I just had it up here, but I can't actually see it now i think it was 2005 scott satterfield mm-hmm. took over in appalachian state and he just transformed that team really that they've always been competitive in that division but they, he took them in the next level up um and he just built this really good basis for for a solid team in the sunbelt division um and they've become basically probably one of the biggest hitters in the in the group of five not the group of five in the, in the like this, what I call the micro conferences. You know the what the mm. conferences that no one cares about. I think App State uh, really are the, the sort of big hitters there. There hasn't been a mass amount of of talent going to the um, to the NFL. Um, there is I was looking earlier the list um, of of people drafted in the third round or higher, and it's a very very small list. It, it it's two wide receiver, uh, three wide receivers. Sorry, in the last uh, ten years, uh, one you might know of because fairly recent uh, is Brian Quick, wide receiver for the what was San Luis Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was a half-decent player in the NFL, but wasn't nothing special. Um, and the other two was um, Armonte Edwards, if anyone can remember him. He was a Carolina Panther, um, but most recently has been successful in the CFL. Um, and the other wide receiver that went fairly high was a guy called Dexter Jackson, um, who went to arena football, basically. Um, so there hasn't been too many successful players out of App State uh, other than Brian Quick um, he is definitely the biggest name in the last 10 years to, to, to go out of, of there but this year we turn the tide because Derrington Evans is a, obviously a third round high capital pick for the T- Tennessee Titans who's in a fantastic spot should anything happen to Derrick Henry or just as a pass catching back because we know Derrick Henry doesn't really do that in the NFL mm. um, so he's in a really good spot he was lights out fantastic last year absolutely loved watching him um, his tape is phenomenal and I know they're against a lot of easier teams, but he just looks so good um, on that field. And you can only play against who, you, you can only play against the teams that you're put against each week. So, um, and another player that went in this year's draft in the fourth round was um, Akeem Davis to the Cincinnati Bengals, a really really good linebacker, mm. um, one to look out for on, on a team that's only going to get better. Um, and I think you know he he ticked a lot of boxes for a lot of scouts as well, um, looking at the the, the draft. Um, 
scout reports um, uh, for, for, for Akeem Davis. So, yeah, two really exciting players this year. And I say all from the success um, that Scott Satterfield has been building up over the last sort of 15 years um, at App State. He did leave a couple of years ago. He took the job at Louisville. Um, and has automatically made a, a big difference at Louisville. Uh, two years ago, they were atrocious. Last year, they started to look a bit better. Um, and again, Scott Satterfield is such a good coach. I expect nothing nothing different from him. Um, and last year, the coach for App State was Eli Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz, yeah. Uh, and he is now... Iowa. I, I, Iowa. So yeah, um, so we, we, unfortunately, our our, our success—I'd say—I'm <laughs> a seasoned vet pro fan of App State, um, but no, the, the success of those two coaches have, have got them onto onto a bigger platform and um, and left App State. Here we are, uh, turning out coaches, turning out players, but we'll be good again this year, so for sure. So um, if if we play, yeah, I think the Sun Belt is playing, isn't it? I think they're persevering, they're plowing yeah, on. I believe so. I believe so, so. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, like you said before, they'll they'll rise up the rankings quite significantly, especially with the teams that won't be playing over the fall. Yeah, hard disrespect that they're not in the top twenty. Um, for the <laughs> first time last year, they finished in the top twenty-five, which was a massive deal for mm. App State. Um, you know, they're, they're so hard for a team for the Tom Belt Conference to get in the twenty-five. Uh, they they were in it for a couple of weeks uh, in two thousand and nineteen. Um, sorry, two thousand eighteen, but didn't uh, they lost the last game or last two games uh, of the regular season? So they just snuck out. But last season they managed to get in there and they stayed in there. So fantastic for for the for the, uh, for the team. Yeah, obviously famous for quite a lot of uh, big wins over some big teams as well. Mm-hmm. And um, draft expert Daniel Jeremiah used to be quarterback there as well. And he's always he bringing did. that up as as well and move the sticks if anyone wants yes. to that, that one. Yes, he did. He did go there. And you also had uh, the world famous Daniel Kilgore, who was probably one of the worst players on our team last year. He was in the Miami. <laughs> so, what a fantastic offensive lineman. But to be fair to him, he's been in the league for, for nine years now. So that's, uh, you don't get there without some talent. Just I think what... he, he was drafted by the 49s, I think. Yeah, I think he's been around the league, but he kind of. I think I think he might have been played centre for us last year, but right, it was like a, it was like an open gate at times. <laughs> That's why we brought Eric Flowers in to improve that. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, that says a lot about uh, about Daniel Google. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, really raising that bar there. <laughs> <laughs> there are quite a few like, uh, interior friends of aren't there, that just kind of stick around and just kind of been in the in the league for ages, and you just think, how are you still got a job? <laughs> yeah, Marshall knew how. So I had to deal with that last season. Norway's <laughs> <laughs> kind of one that's just there because they've like blocked for five seasons and they're cheap, isn't it? And that's what mm. <laughs> there seems to be one on every offensive line, no matter how good they are. There's always that one cheap piece which is just there for the for the experience. <laughs> I just wanted to add as well, I forgot the, the main player. I said Brian Quick was the main player, but clearly not. It's the punter, Sam Martin. Uh, he was drafted by the Lions in 2013. And are there, are, is he still at the Lions? Is he still the punter of the Lions? I know he's still in the league. Hey, you, you're asking the wrong crowd, I think, for punter. He, he's definitely <laughs> the best stuff. player that's come through upstate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sums it up, doesn't it, really, man? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Kickers Matter, you know, uh, all this. Uh, oh, he, all he's these, with the uh, Denver specialists. Broncos now. He's with Broncos, right, okay. That was off the top of the dome, wasn't it? You didn't look that up at all, did you? <laughs> oh, not at all. It's just from my vast football knowledge. <laughs> anyway, we'll move away from this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to probably one that's probably one amongst the bigger 
sort of power, sorry, a group of five schools, and definitely one that a lot of people have heard of. But I'm going to talk a little bit about Boise State. Uh, they send talent and big talent to the NFL on a regular basis and have done for the past you know decade or so. Uh, I haven't got the exact numbers of, um, of people as the other guys have come out with. I'm not that prepared, but you know we've seen Britain's own Jai, you know, a player that everyone loves apparently in this country, and you know can say no wrong about. Um, according to NFL UK, um, but yeah, obviously, <laughs> all the players that came out this year, Ezra Cleveland, the big tackle that came out and went to the Vikings in the second round. Curtis Weaver was one of my favourite players, uh, edge-wise, draft-wise, uh, this past spring, and John Hightower as well, a little bit of an underrated wide receiver who might be getting a little bit crowded out in Philadelphia. Seems like they've got about a thousand wide receivers now, but we've also seen you know Leighton Van Der Esch go there and and a lot of other good players, and they seem to have a little bit of a, a pipeline to Dallas. Actually, I think it's five players in the past twelve years including Orlando Skandrick um, and Cedric Wilson the wide receiver as well but obviously the big name the biggest one to come out of Boise Tank, uh, Tank Lawrence isn't it <laughs> yeah it's gonna be Tank Lawrence um, obviously big big name wide receiver oh my god <laughs> in the edge <laughs> I got himself right, together really put yourself <laughs> together <laughs> uh, as an edge for Dallas obviously one of the one of the you know, best and most highest paid uh, players in that position and then also keeping that Dallas connection up, we've got Kellen Moore, who obviously had a, a very illustrious career in Boise State. Four years there, and was in the top eight of the Heisman voting for three of those years. The Heisman being fourth overall in the Heisman voting in, in uh, 2010. Long-time listeners of the podcast who would listen last season would have heard a little interview that I did with Reed Harrison Drew Crow, who was a cornerback who came out of Duquesne, uh, obviously a very, very small school um, out of the, in Pittsburgh. He went undrafted, but he went to Boise to begin his college career. And I asked him about recruiting because obviously it's in the middle of Idaho. They're only known for potatoes and football. That's it. And a blue field. That's all. That's the selling points they have. And he was talking about the coaches basically sell it that there is nothing to do here but football and get better at football. So that's basically what people go there for. You know, it's not, a, it's not going to be a place that can go and get high recruits. It's not a place that someone's going to come for the glamour. It's just basically, like I say, known for potatoes, a blue football field. And that's about it. Uh, but he said that there's a lot of things that are orientated around family and like a family feel around campus. And that's one thing that drew him there. Um, and they, they do produce a lot of good talent. Uh, one player that I'm excited to come across in the next couple of years is Hank Backmeyer, the sophomore quarterback. I think I mentioned him on the pod a little bit last year. Um, really, really promising player uh, that we'll be seeing hopefully in the next couple of years make his way to the NFL. Yeah, I think, I mean, they're just, uh, they seem to be like a, uh, a, a quite like a, a talent generator, aren't they? And that's uh, that's probably the, probably the out of the four we've spoken about, probably the most talent passing through them. I mean, I mean, I, I've just got the kind of recent drafts up open on my screen, and, and some some good players, and, and some like squad players as well, but squad players that make a difference as well. So like Alexander Madison mm. uh, and um, uh, Kamalai Correa and stuff like that. Good, 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 solid players. I mean, they're not like your everyday household stars, but they they just seem to just have a generate talent and seems to be a running back who's of decent quality every couple of years and that sort of thing so yeah I mean uh, yeah it's always fun watching them as well just because like you say of the bright colourful pitch and everything like that and you just know when you turn the TV on that you're watching Boise don't you so yeah yeah no for sure um, has anyone got so we've all, obviously all gone around there for four has anyone got any honourable mentions that teams that they almost picked or anything like that Kieran I think you had one didn't you yeah I've got Cincinnati uh just because currently you've got both the Kelsey brothers, Travis and Jason, both came through Cincinnati as well as uh, Corey Cunningham, who's an offensive tackle for the New England Patriots. Mm. They've had some big guys come through there. I mean, it's a lot of big dudes who look like they eat a lot of corn and drink a lot of milk that come through that school. That's not the experience I've had with the population of Cincinnati so far, but they, they've, got, they've got some big dudes come through there. 
Um, and just on what you were saying at Boise State, the in the last 20 years, they've had 38 players drafted with five first-rounders, which is astounding for a, a school that's not Power 5. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and just going back to the kickers, I'm just looking up the list of... Just going back to kickers, obviously Jake Elliott is the best Boise State player to, to come out in recent recent times. <laughs> obviously Philadelphia Eagles kicker and Super Bowl champion as well. And that's obviously worth something. Um, I had a bit of a honourable mention. Um, and that would be Memphis. Memphis Tigers. Obviously, we mentioned running backs, didn't we, there about uh, when we were talking about Boise, you know, just good running backs that come out. But, uh, Memphis under Mike Norvell had a great running game and you know, a lot of good running back prospects have come out. You know, we've had Antonio Gibson just recently, just this past year, go out to Washington football team. Didn't, didn't say it, didn't say it, well done me. Um, you stopped yourself, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I did, I did. Uh, and then Daryl Henderson and Tony Pollard came out, obviously a couple of years ago, went to the Rams and Cowboys respectively. And one player that I really, really liked was Anthony Miller coming out a couple of years ago uh, to go into the Bears. So yeah, really, really good talent factory there. Might not be as good as we mentioned being, uh, at the beginning of the podcast when we were talking about the AP now that Mike Novell's gone over to uh, Florida State. Any more for any more on, on uh, little guys that punch you over the weight? Yeah, I'll, I'll quickly go, Rob, and then... Go on, Andy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, I mean, one team that I was going to mention, because I've, I've seen them live a couple of times, just, again, from the kind of Florida connection, is just the uh, University of South Florida uh, Bulls, who are quite like a, a nothing sort of middle-of-the-road, uh, another team in the same conference as UCF, but they, they've turned out a few reasonable, reasonably good players lately, like Marlon Mack, uh, Valdez Scantling at the... At the Packers and, and probably most prominently uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, who's now playing back in the same stadium as they used to play at college there. They, they, they play at Raymond James Stadium as well. But yeah, uh, another little just shout out. It's just quite interesting. Like, like we, I think you touched on it yesterday, uh, sorry, last week, um, Florida being a football state. And I, and I kind of dotted around and went Florida Atlantic and Florida International, that sort of thing as well. And they've all got um, one or two players that you mm. see every other year or something that, that kind of make a splash. So, yeah, just, just interesting. I, I really like watching how the, the individual states just seem to turn over so much talent and, and Florida's definitely up, up there with the with the, with Texas and stuff, isn't it? So. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Rob, what was your one that you, were, you wanted to come in with there? Uh, well, it's just literally what it is, an honourable mention. It's just, it's for Hawaii, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, uh, just because <laughs> they're a team literally on an island because they are on an island um, miles <laughs> away from anywhere. They've got a whole, they've pretty much got a whole nation behind them. 50,000 seat stadium, uh, a lower stadium. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just like the sort of stuff dreams are made of. I bet players love going to Hawaii to yeah. play. Um, you know, I bet it's a, a pain traveling, but I think once they're there, they must have such a, such a good time. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, obviously they had a, a quarterback going this year's draft, Cole McDonald, who was really good uh, statistically in college. He was one of the, he was always one of the highest uh, pa- passes uh, yards-wise. So, uh, um, and obviously they're famed for Jason Eden, third-round kicker. Um, so just to mention that one, as we, as that's the theme of the show tonight. Um, no, uh, yeah, it's just a, literally I, I don't follow them much. It's just an honourable mention to say that um, how awesome is it that basically a nation follows just one college team um, and don't churn out too many. Uh, massive players but um, but uh, Cole McDonald certainly um, he, he's one to watch in Tennessee uh, now mm-hmm. Mario is not there he's, he's the backup for uh, for um, Tannehill yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they dropped him uh, last week <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who dropped who 
Titans dropped uh, McDonald. Oh, oh, did they really? Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. Oh, well, they're both. As you know, I used to rave about him. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, okay, so back to Jason Eden then. Third round kicker <laughs> went to Denver Broncos, won two Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe want to tie it into the first show of this series. Obviously, we saw at the end of last chance you, Dior Walker Scott, going to Hawaii as a walk on. So maybe you know we'll see him in the NFL in a couple of years or something yeah. like that. Maybe just do you want to give up. a. Do you want to give a shout out to Colt Brennan, who came out of Hawaii? I don't know if any of you guys have heard of him, but he was <laughs> the record holder for touchdowns in a season um, with 58 touchdowns he threw in his sophomore season at Hawaii. He threw uh, 58 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 5,549 yards, which is ridiculous. And he never made a career in the NFL because he never got the opportunity, but he, he was a great quarterback. I just read that the uh, <laughs> I just read that the uh, Panthers are trying out McDonald, so there's hope left to you, Rob. He could have. Uh, we can cut yeah. Just back. let's get behind Cole McDonald. Let's get him in the NFL. Let's get you know um, who who knows. Also, there uh, just a side note: uh, head coach of the Syracuse uh, Orange is it Syracuse Orange? Dino Babers. He he was a is an alum from Hawaii as well. So let's throw all the big names out there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Cole McDonald with that funky action. I don't know how he's going to have to get yes. rebuilt from the ground up, isn't he? Um, but, you know, Teddy Two Gloves is there. You know, there's not much competition knocking around there. Is there is, uh, <laughs> is Kyle Allen still there? I don't know. No, he's in, he's in Washington, mate. It's, it's all he? made for the McDonald takeover. Disrespect but... <laughs> <laughs> being thrown on Teddy Bridgewater's name right now. <laughs> Guy hey, had a better on. record in the year last year than Drew Brees did. We we know that he's only placeholding for uh, Trevor Lawrence when they get them in one pick. <laughs> <laughs> No, to be fair, I, don't, I mean we're doing a mock draft next week, aren't we? Just to break that to everyone. So I, I don't, I don't know if we're going to pick the Panthers at number one, but I don't think they will actually. I'm, I'm just being, I'm just being silly. And they've got my vote. That's what I put on the on the on the um, full ten yard staff doc. Oh really? Okay. Panthers. That's my prediction. That uh, that segue is quite nice actually into like the the last little section that we're going to do where we're just going to plug our things. And I think the first thing that should lead us all off is obviously we've got the full ten yard season guide, which will be out and available to buy uh, from our website. Uh, I don't want to say anything else because I'm not sure if it's going to be available anywhere else. Um, but it'll be available very, very shortly. Uh, we've obviously all put a little bit of work into over the past few months. Articles-wise then, Kieran, you're going to give us a couple of things, aren't you, over the next uh, couple of weeks or so? Yeah, since college football's kind of scuffed this season, uh, we're going to do a fun one I'm working on, which is freshest uniforms in college football. We've got a few cool entries in there. I mean, it's... It's just for fun because we we still don't even know what's going on with the season. Uh, Once season kicks back up, we'll see who's going to be playing and what conferences are going to be going. And then we'll do some stuff from there. But all I've got in the pipeline right now is is the coolest uniforms in college football. And there's a lot of surface schools in this Mm. list. They they just consistently have great uniforms. So, So look out for that in the next two weeks. Yeah, for sure. And then when we do get back to football a little bit, you and I are going to get a bit of a jury's out article going on Justin Herbert, aren't we? I think we kind of mentioned this a little bit last week and kind of taking both sides of the argument and seeing where we go with it and seeing kind of whether we think Justin Herbert's going to be a good quarterback or not. And obviously, goes without saying, I'm for the four uh, and Kieran's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting article because uh, 
there's a lot to write about. I say it that. Is. Yeah, yeah, no, it is, and I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, be completely biased just because he's now the Chargers quarterback. I, th- I definitely acknowledge that there are some faults there, but we'll we'll have some fun with it, as you say. Andy, as well, I think you uh, you mentioned kind of uh, getting your fingers to keyboard recently uh, in the near future. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to do my for and against why Cole McDonald should be uh, <laughs> a Panthers starting quarterback. Now, um, I was, I've, to be honest, I've been watching uh, a bit of tape from last year and uh, just been focusing in on uh, the receiver position, which again is, I think it's fairly deep this year. And mm. just looking at like, uh, to be honest, the, the, the guy that I was just watching before we kicked off was uh, George Pickens in uh, Georgia, who looks absolutely fantastic. By, uh, and I know uh, we're, we're all uh, on the Jamar Chase um Guy on a bandwagon, obviously, but Pickens looks like he could be a bit of a bit of talent up there, challenging uh, Chase at the top of the SEC this year. So yeah, I, I was just going to have a quick look. I think I might go through and look at um, some of the like, top five receivers that are still playing this year. Obviously, a few of them have uh, opted out, and that seems to be quite a popular position to opt out. At. So yeah, have a quick look through that, and yeah, draw out some talent hopefully. Absolutely, yeah. Looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing George Pickens and Jamie Newman kind of link up together, and seeing what that seeing what happens there. And like you say, I think we've talked about it in our group chat, haven't we? I think Rob, you've been on this wide receiver uh, kind of dropout list quite a lot, haven't you? In, in kind of talking about Jamar Chase and then the, the drop off about it. Yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm sort of waiting to 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 get some clarification on who's going to be playing this year before putting pen to paper. Mm. Um, I will be writing um, a kind of a college fantasy kind of uh, kind of spin, kind of just what some some offensive players to look out for this year at college. But again, I'm just waiting to to get some clarity on who's actually going to be playing before for writing that because as Kieran found out with the uh, uh, <laughs> with the piece that he was writing about. <clears throat> um, well, you are, I can't remember. Heisman. That's the Heisman. Heisman That's right. Yeah, the uh, the Heisman hope for you had to rewrite that about twenty five times, mate, didn't you? So, <laughs> so I'm it just going to. I'm just going to wait, and I've just seen as well that um, I I might even put Ben to paper on an article about a f- future Hall of Fame punter because I've just seen that Rigoberto, <laughs> Rigoberto Sanchez went to Hawaii and he's obviously playing for the Colts, so uh, I might I might have to put that in an article too. <laughs> I like this, this running undercurrent of, of kickers. I like it. Tim, Tim won't be having it. Tim will be like editing the podcast, sub editing the podcast, wait away from me. Putting all the kickers out. Um, but yeah, no, it was a good fun, good fun tonight. Um, just a little bit of a signpost, as we mentioned, moving into the next couple of weeks' podcast. Um, now we've got rolling a little bit. We're going to do a little bit of a mock draft moving forward next week, and then the week after that, we're just going to be looking at some players who are kind of our guys and kind of giving some shout-outs to some players rather than teams in that sense. So maybe a little bit of a similar podcast to tonight, but um, looking at players who we're looking forward to seeing, hopefully, in the next college football season. Not mentioning COVID at all for the next couple of weeks, which is excellent. I can't wait. Guys, thanks very much for tonight. It's been a pleasure. I need to get my. I need to go back to school <laughs> because I keep tripping over my words so much. It's going to be another colossal edit, I think, again. Uh, I might just leave it all in because last week took a long, long time. Um, Stop no. drinking before the podcast. You'll be all right. <laughs> I know. This, you just think this is water, right? <laughs> But no, lads, it's been a pleasure again. Uh, Thanks for your company. And uh, yeah, I think we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com, or follow us on Twitter at full10yardscfb. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.